first idea I want us to talk about with prayer is this idea of persistence. Right? Persistence, keeping at it, not giving up. Um, any of you have persistent people in your life? Maybe, who are, is the persistent person? You're not going to say, take no for an answer. You're not going to give up. Some of you have that personality. So this example that happened in my life is a few years ago, my wife, Heather, started coming to me with this idea that we needed another dog. Right now we have a, a dog, Wilson is his name. He's a golden retriever mix and wonderful dog, beautiful dog. And I said, we don't need another dog. We have Wilson. He's a great dog. And she said, but our kids won't cuddle me anymore. They're too big, they're too old, they won't do it. So if I got a little dog, then I could cuddle something. I know we don't need another dog. I don't want another dog, and I don't really care for little dogs. I like big dogs. So I'm just kind of let it go, and she could bring it up again. What about this kind of dog? I'm like, no, we don't need that kind of That's something else to take care of. We got four kids. We have a dog. We don't want another dog. And so, no, no. You don't want to do that. And, and then, well, what about a little dog? Well, those are expensive. Don't they call them designer dogs? Right? They're designer dogs. They're thousands of We don't need that. No, no. So she just kind of bring it up, bring it up. Then she got her older sister working on me. So last year for Christmas, I opened this package, and it's a stuffed animal dog with the breed on the name of a collar. And I'm like, what is this, you know? So we just kind of let it go, and she just keeps, but we need a little dog, and I'll take care of it. I'll do everything. You won't have to do anything with the dog, and you won't have to do any of the cleaning up, and and I don't know, no, we don't want a little dog. And then last December, not this one, but the previous one, she said, a friend of ours, this breeder, Holly's her name, just got a rescue dog, a Maltese. It's free. She wore me down. <laughs> that, that is sugar. A dog that wears clothes. She was persistent. And she truly does cuddle with Heather and love Heather. And, and if Heather's not in the house, she like hides under the table and barks at every uh, vehicle thinking Heather's coming home. But the only reason that Heather let me tell you this story is if I also said that I have come to like sugar too. (laughs) I had to be able to tell that part. She sometimes will come to me. Mostly she only will if Heather's there. But when we first got her, she was basically like a cat. She sort of just laid around. But dog behavior has emerged and she'll play and wrestle with me now. But anyways, she was persistent and we have sugar, uh, and we even have one of those, you know, she can come into the store. We're those people now, okay? I'm those people. I call him a foo-foo dog, and so my nickname for sugar is Little Foof, because she is a foo-foo dog. So anyways, the point is persistence. Heather was persistent, and I think she knew she'd wear me down. So anyways, she did. But we're going to talk today about being persistent in prayer. You just keep going. And you keep praying, and you don't give up, and you don't stop, and you don't let go. And we're going to see this, that's exactly what God tells us to do, that God tells us to keep on praying, keep on persisting. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Don't 
stop. So we're going to look at that in a parable Jesus tells in Luke chapter 18. So if you want to follow along, Luke chapter 18 is a parable about persisting in prayer. It's also one of our core values as a church, persisting in prayer. It's easy to say we're praying, but to persist in prayer means you're just going to keep going. You're not going to stop. We're not going to let slow answers or no answers or different answers delay us and keep us from praying. So Luke chapter 18 is Jesus teaching a parable on prayer, persisting in prayer. 18 verse 1 says, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So there's our parable. It's kind of a odd little parable. There's a strange story there, but, but Jesus tells it. It tells us in verse 1, why does he tell the parable? He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He knows that we're going to lose heart. Have any of you have a long prayer that you've prayed this prayer and prayed this prayer and it isn't answered yet? Anybody have that? Have a long prayer? Probably it's prayer for family members or loved ones, I would bet. But maybe it's a long-term illness, long-term situation. And you start to think, you lose heart. Have you ever lost heart in prayer? He's not going to answer and I'm still asking him. And does he even hear this? And you pray and then this thing makes it worse. And you think, well, maybe prayer's not working. And I think he anticipates that. That prayer is hard. Prayer is slow. A lot of times we think prayer is, well, I just prayed it once. Let's go. And sometimes we have that. Sometimes we have immediate prayer answers. And other times they're long. They're slow. And so he tells Jesus, I'm going to tell you a parable because I want you to always pray. I want you to always pray and not lose heart. He says, I'm going to tell you this story because I want you to always pray. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to get discouraged. I want you to always pray. So he gives this parable. Remember, these are illustrative stories. This isn't about a real person, but it's unique how he does it. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Well, isn't that lovely? We won't go into U.S. politics and what you view of various judges that you may have encountered, but that wouldn't be high on my list of people I'd want, you know, presiding over my case. I don't care what God says. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do whatever I want to do, right? Like, oh, wonderful. Glad you're in charge. I don't know if he was a bribing kind of guy, but... I think in this illustration, the, Jesus is like, let me just throw out the worst scenario, right? 
terrible judge, doesn't care about God, doesn't care about people. He's going to do whatever he wants to do, probably to his own advantage. That's the character we're dealing with. Verse 3, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming. You see the theme? He says, I want you to always pray, not lose heart. So the widow keeps coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. It's very generic. We don't know what the situation, what someone has wronged her. Maybe someone's defrauded her. Maybe someone moved the boundary line of her property. I don't know. Maybe somebody stole something from her. Maybe someone, she gave him a product expecting payment later and didn't get it. Whatever it was. Someone has wronged her. She's seeking justice. She's seeking it to be made right. Give me justice. For a while, he refused, right? Because he's like, I don't care about your problem. But afterward, he said to himself, I love his own self-talk, though I neither fear God nor respect man. (laughs) He's totally comfortable with his terribleness, right? I don't care about God. I don't care about you. Verse 5, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. The word there for bother is the word for being beaten down or worn down, like after you've been in a boxing match or in a wrestling match. You know, these boxing or wrestling, they do three-minute rounds because it's so exhausting, right? Or I've started to get into hockey. Their lines go a minute or two. And then they jump off real fast because it's all in exhausting. That's the kind of the word. I am getting bothered. This widow keeps bothering me. And so I am beaten. I'm worn down by her. Right? I don't know if he shows up to work every day and she's right on the front door, standing right next to the coffee pot. Hear my case. You need to fix this. He says, I will give her justice. The word there, so she will not beat me down. It's literally the word that means she won't give me a black eye. She won't, it's also used like of a, it's give me a black eye. I was envisioning like the scene of a, like if someone tries to grab a widow's purse and she just roundhouses them with it, or maybe with an umbrella, you know, someone comes up and get off of me, you know, don't mess with her. That's the word. This judge says, she is going to give me a black eye. She's going to hit me in the face if I don't. Answer, I don't, I, I don't care about God. I don't care about you. I just don't want to be punched in the face. That's kind of where this guy's at. I'm getting worn down. She's wearing me out. So that, that's the answer. So, <laughs> isn't this weird? So you think the Bible's all straightforward. Like, what kind of weird parable is this? The lady's going to punch the judge in the face? And then here's the tie-in. The Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And that's actually an imperative. You must hear. Listen to this. Pay attention. You can wear this guy down. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? So this is kind of what the Bible, the comparison they do in the Bible, it's called a how much more. So if this terrible human of a judge who doesn't care about God or people 
can be worn out because of the persistent lady who might even be getting aggressive, right? That's the word in there. She's getting aggressive. You're going to hear my case. I'm going to poke you in the eye with my cane, right? You are going to listen to this. I'm not stopping. And he recognized, like, I don't want a black eye at the end of the day here. I better just listen to her. So it's a how much more. If this terrible human can be worn down, you go to God who isn't terrible, right? Who isn't unjust, who isn't in a bribe. That's the idea. If, if this terrible one can be worn down with persistence, how much more God who loves you, who sent his son for you, who wants to help you, let me look at a couple psalms in this. Psalm, Psalm 145. Right? It's a how much more. We're comparing Psalm 145, 18. It says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. That's just, it's not just that you're sort of praying to some, you know, machine-like response. It says God's near in the prayer. It's not just that he's dealing with your request. I need this done. Can you help with this problem? He's actually near to you, the person praying. He's near to you. He hears your cry and saves them. I like the cry is in there because sometimes prayers are cries. They're emotional. They're desperate. So it's not just I'm going to listen to your thing and make an impassionate judgment. I'm near to you, the person praying. And so if the unrighteous judge can be worn down, how much more a God who is listening, who's paying attention, who's near to you in your cry, he's right there. He's saying, don't give up. Not that you have to poke God in the eye, but don't give up, right? He wants to answer. Let's look at um, Psalm 34. Similar thing in Psalm 34. It's a great psalm. It's the, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But in Psalm 34, verse 15 to 18, it says, The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. And he's just listening. I find I have to do that a lot with masks. Like someone talks to you, especially at Costco, you've got a mask and then the giant plexi shield. So I'm like, I'm turning my ear. Like, what did you say? Or there's a little opening where the money goes out. Like, what, what did you say? But I just picture God, right? It's not just that these sounds are coming up. He's, it's like he's turning. I'm going to hear this. I'm going to listen to this. His ears are towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. I like the reality of that. Because there's an idea we're praying and we're longing and we're wanting God to do these things. But there's also the reality that we live on this earth under the curse, under brokenness, 
Evil is still operating, though it will lose. So there's a reality. We're facing the forces of darkness. We're facing brokenness. We're dealing with sin and wickedness. And it hurts us and it impacts us. And God's aware. And so we're praying this out. We're praying it with tears and with passion and with concern. And he says, I'm right there. Again, we have not just God answering the prayer. We have him present in the prayer. I'm near to you. I'm, I'm in the moment, right? We're not just going to God to get some problems solved. We're going to God to be with God. Sometimes, isn't that what you want? You're telling your problem to someone. They're like, well, did you try this? And did you look up that? And did you Google this other thing? And you're like, just, just, just let me get it out. Right? You have God. Just get it. Okay. I'm near. Give it to me. I'm listening. I'm turning my ear to you. Let's jump to the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Again, we're looking at how much more if this terrible, horrible judge can be worn down. How much more God who's inclining his ear? How much more God who loves us? How much more God? And this one takes us to the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4, 14. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. And we're not in the middle of this argument here, but the idea of the priest is someone who ministers as the go-between, the mediator, Right? The priest goes between man to God and God to man. And so Jesus is our great high priest. He's the perfect one. He's passed through the heavens, right? He's the eternal one. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So this is the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just celebrated this at Christmas, coming to earth, taking on flesh, walking 33 years on this earth. He was tempted as we are. Sometimes we read the three temptations in the desert and go, well, he got off easy. He just had three. It's the whole time. He's con- we're, those three are recorded, but he was tempted all the time. I mean, how many times did he just want to like melt the Pharisees down right in front of him? Like, I'm just tired of your arguing. You're done. He's probably constantly tempted constantly tempted to be done with this challenge and done with this wickedness or done with people mistreating. He was tempted to sin. He knows what it's like to live on planet earth as a man. Yet he didn't sin. He completely obeyed the Father. And it wasn't because he had the cheat code and, well, I'm the Son of God. He was fully human. He really trusted God, did not sin. So we have someone who understands everything that you're living through. He understands every temptation you're facing. Verse 16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us with confidence draw near. Jesus understands. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died and rose again. And this is a huge change. Because all the appearances, we've talked about this in the Old Testament, brought absolute terror. When God's presence descends on the Mount Sinai, it's burning with fire. And people are terrified, don't even want to hear his voice. And now Jesus, who's passed through the heavens, died on our behalf, and is back at the right hand of the Father, says, Yeah, you can come in here. You can come right in here and ask. You can go right to the throne of God and ask through me, through my blood. 
I've paid for you. I've purified you. Come on and ask. Confidently ask. Don't come in, well, you might not want to hear this request. Yeah, I do. Come right in here. Maybe I shouldn't bring this up. Yeah, you should. I already know anyways, but I want you to come. And it says that we might receive mercy and grace, right? Mercy. That he'll look on you with compassion and go, oh, I see your problem. Even if you created it, I still care. And I'm going to give you grace. I'm just going to keep pouring into your life. Do you see the difference there? <laughs> if the terrible, horrible, wicked judge can be worn down, how much more God who loves you, cares about you, is listening to you, is inviting you into prayer, has opened the way through his son, son the Lord Jesus Christ, he's telling you to come? He's like, how much more? Right? How much more will I do that? So let's go back to the passage there in Luke. Luke 18. Right? He says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Right? He will do it. He will answer speedily. And some will say, well, I'm still dealing with it. You've got to remember, 30 years of your life, what is that to God? That's like a blink, right? God's time is totally different. So speedily might not mean, you might speedily mean, well, I wanted that prayer answered the moment I uttered it. But he's speedily, I'm going to do it. I tell you, because I am the good one. I'm the caring one. I'm the loving one. I'm the one that's sent my son. I'm listening to your prayer. So yes, he will respond. Then it comes to this question. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Sort of like tennis, he sort of volleys it back. Yeah, I'm listening, and I'm not the wicked judge. (laughs) I'm the good one. But what about you? Will he find faith? Will we keep coming? trusting, waiting, believing, or will we lose heart? Remember? And that's why he told the parable. He told the parable that we ought always to pray and not lose heart. So he's saying, don't give up. Don't quit. God tells us to keep on praying. The point of the parable is to keep on praying. The point of the parable is you're praying to someone who's infinitely better than any kind of person you might ask of anything on earth. So keep on praying Don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. Keep on praying. So what I want to do, I want to talk through sort of the ways we're doing this 21 days of prayer, and then we're actually going to pray. So let me talk through the ways, and then we're going to have some time to do it. Because it's easy to talk about prayer and then not do prayer, right? (laughs) Have sermons on prayer, but, well, quit talking so we can pray, pastor. Okay, so first let me tell you about the 21 days of prayer. We did this last year. It's a movement of our whole converged worldwide churches. I think there's 1,200 churches. So I don't know if all 1,200 are doing it, but we're hoping that sometime in the month of January, any church affiliated with Converge is going to spend 21 days of prayer. So if the 21 days officially starts tomorrow, Monday, and it takes us into the 30th, which is our annual meeting. So we want to be praying for our leadership and our wisdom and God to work this whole year of uh, 2022. So it starts just, we just want you to make a plan to pray for the next 21 days. Some of you already do. You're like, well, this is easy. I do it anyways. Just keep going. Some of you, it might be new. They talk about 21 days starts a habit. We're hoping at the end of 21 days, you're like, well, glad that's over till next January. No, let's pray every day. But this is to kind of kickstart it. So if you want a reminder, 
We've had Pastor Mark figured out how to send you a daily text reminder. It says something like, hey, slacker, what are you doing? Start praying. No, it doesn't say that. It's going to have, some will have a verse, some will have a, something to jog your memory. Might, we might send out some prayer things like, hey, today, let's all pray for. So but it's going to be short. So if you want to get on that right now, I'm telling you, in the middle of church, to take out your cell phone, and you can sign up right now. So, does it work, Peter? Can it pick it up that far away? Not really. really. Okay, so the other thing you can do, really, take out your phone. You can text the number 94,000. So in the text, instead of a phone number, put in the number 94,000. And in the body of the the text, put pray 21. So the number is 94,000. Pray 21. Enter your visa number. No, don't do that. Pray 21, and then you'll get, it'll send you one right back and say, yes, I really want this. And then it's just going to start, we got one all queued up for tomorrow morning. So if you want a daily reminder to pray, it's going to come in the morning, just say, oh yeah, I want to do that. Because you know, get going, you get up and all about this and all that, and you're running there, and then boom, pretty soon you're in bed and going, I didn't pray today. I didn't talk to God at all today. So there it is, pray 21 to 94,000. The other thing we have is there is a prayer guide that has this whole theme of the upside-down kingdom. It's going to walk us through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This was prepared by Converge uh, Worldwide. So I have some paper copies here today. So if you hate digital, you want paper, you want to tuck it in your Bible, there's some on this table, and there's a bunch more on the black table out in our lobby And so basically, there's a scripture passage from the Sermon on the Mount. There's some comment on it. And then there's a place to pray and have notes to pray. And this is like size 6 font, so um, that's how it turned out. So if you want the prayer journal, we have some paper copies. It's also, you can just have a digital copy on our website, northwest-church.com slash prayer. You can download that or print it yourself if you're at home you want it printed that's where it is. So on our website, northwest-church.com slash prayer, this just gives you one more thing to pray through. And one of the things I've found so helpful is to pray the scripture you're reading. So when you're reading things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, you might start praying for some things. Praying for this person, maybe you think, and I'm just going to pray even for the poor of our community. I'm going to pray for the Lighthouse Mission. It just jogs your, pr- your prayer life. So that's another option. You can pick one up today. You can download it. We're going to have a Tuesday evening. We already have a prayer gathering, but we're expanding it to go from 6.30 to 8. So if you want to pray with people, for 21 days we want you just praying on your own, but we'd love for you to come Tuesday night and pray with people. It's at the same time as our Awana and our middle school group meet, Tuesday nights. So for that first half hour, the Awana kids and the middle school kids are going to join us. So we want our students, our kids praying with us, we might take some time to pray over them, and then at 7, they'll go to their areas, and we'll keep praying from 7 to 8. And so our prayer times, so you think, what are we going to do for an hour and a half? I tell you, they fly by. We don't just sit quietly for an hour and a half. We have lots of ways we suggest prayer. We weave in some worship, lots of scripture reading. It's very interactive, very moving. If you've never prayed before with a group, you can just come and watch. You don't have to say a word. Just come and observe. But we're praying Tuesday nights at 6.30 together. And then I'm going to throw one more out there. This is, this is something that I'm wondering if you consider during this 21 days, 
if we considered fasting on the Thursday. I'm just throwing it out there. You don't have to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, just to say there's something extra about fasting. You're, I'm removing something that I normally rely on, food, which I normally rely on a lot of it, and um, saying I'm only going to rely on you. If you've never done it before, just try, well, I'm just going to miss a meal. But there's something about, and it's not magic, but there's an, an intentionality to, I'm not going to eat this day. And every hunger pain, I'm going to make it a prayer. And I'm going to realize maybe how much I need food or want food. Could I have that be a spiritual food where I'm seeking you? So for these next three Thursdays, I'm going to fast those days. I'm not going to eat food those days. right? And fast, someone reminded me, fasting is specifically food. Some people say, well, I'm, and I'm fasting Netflix. Like, well, that's a good thing. But it's not fasting. Fasting means you don't eat food. If you don't want to watch Netflix, that's just abstaining. Also fine, but fasting is I'm not going to eat food, okay? So I'm going to throw that in there on Thursdays uh, to fast if we just want to all know we're fasting and praying together those days. So there they are. There's a daily text message. There's a daily guide, Tuesday night prayer time. So what, what you have in front of, in your rows are... Post-it notes. Some of you might have sat on them. It's now stuck to your pants. Uh, And I threw a bunch of pens out there, and then there's pencils. This is what we did last year. We filled these sticky notes with prayer requests. Could be a name of a person. Could be a situation. Could be a ministry here at church. And so I want to take some time to... You're going to write on these, any prayer requests, and then we put them all over the walls, the beams... We just fill this room with prayer, and we're going to do it today, and then we'll do it Tuesday nights. We'll have times when we get up, and we move around this room, and you might not know a thing about what that sticky knows. I'm praying for this person's co-worker, Jim. He's got cancer. Lord, heal him. You just move to the next one. I'm praying for... So let's just take a few minutes, put, fill out sticky notes. Pastor Mark's going to come pray, and then at any time, get up, stick them on the wall, and then just move around the room, and let's pray over them. And I'd encourage you to put specific things on there. Put some things that maybe you gave up on. Something that you used to persist in praying over and you lost heart. You know, and if there's sensitivity, you know, you can put a fake name or don't put your name or whatever. That's okay. If, you know, if you're praying for someone else in the church that they would stop gossiping about you, maybe be sensitive about that. But um, so just take some time, put them on there. 50 of them if you got them, that's fine, doesn't matter, as many as you want. <gasps> Balcony, I didn't give you any. I'm sorry. We will run some up there, right? Peter, Peter is on it. He is trained by the U.S. Army. He will have them to you in moments. I'm sorry, I was, being, I was not uh, considerate of you Balcony folk. Peter's on it. He's taking them. Go, Peter. Maybe grab a few pens, too. All right. And put them up there too, balcony folks. Thank you. At home, maybe consider at this moment getting some paper out and making a list. You can also go to our website, northwest-church.com, and on there is a place to submit a prayer request, and we'll get emailed in. And if you want and that, submit it. We'll transfer it to a sticky note and get it in the room so we're praying for it on Tuesday nights and Sunday morning. So if you're at home, this isn't like, well, cool, church got out over today early. Take some time right now. Write down some prayers, email in some prayers, take some time to maybe review some prayers you've, been, you've given up on, 
So I want you at home be praying just as much. And please go to our website and enter them in, and we'll get them on sticky notes too. You know, so long as it's not a paragraph. But we want to be praying over things. So let me pray. I'm going to be quiet for a little bit. Pastor Mark's just going to play. And let's just, and as soon as you got them, get up, start moving around, stick them on the wall, pray over them. All right. So, Lord Jesus, we have heard from your own mouth that we should always pray and not lose heart. And we confess it's easy to lose heart, it's easy to be discouraged, it's easy to think it didn't work. So renew our faith in prayer, renew our trust in prayer, and bring things to our mind right now that need to get on the sticky notes and on these walls. And we want to see you move, we want to trust you, we want you to work. So we just give this time to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen.